Is your business plan very unclear and you're tirelessly working at a low-paying career? Let's help you get out of the rut and let go of the fear. It's time to excel into the million-dollar stratosphere. Now, here's your host of The Balanced Millionaire, who will take you there, Eileen Mendel. your host of The Balanced Millionaire. And today, we have a very special guest. Um, let me just go back and just tell you that uh, we're honored to have someone here who is one of the world's top graphic designers. And he is from the land down under in Sydney, Australia. So our show is is intended to help business owners and entrepreneurs to up level their businesses and learn new skills and tips from our guests so let me tell you more about our guest today his name is jacob cass and as i mentioned he's from australia he specializes in branding and logo design he has had over 15 years of design experience, spoken at TEDx, and been featured in Forbes magazine. Entrepreneur and has also been awarded LinkedIn, LinkedIn's exclusive Best of 2017 for graphic design. With over 50 million views across his popular design blog, just Creative, which doubles as his award-winning graphic design and branding firm. Our guest has also worked across the globe in New York, Sweden, Sydney, and has traveled to 86 countries. His portfolio includes clients such as Disney, Nintendo, Coca-Cola, Jerry Seinfeld, and hundreds more. Graduating from the University of Newcastle, Australia, with a Bachelor of Visual Communication. He has, for him, design is a lifelong journey of continuously honing his craft, as well as educating other fellow designers to build on theirs. Welcome, Jacob, to our show. Thank you very Thank you. much. That was a uh, great intro. Well, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here. And um, so I'd, I'd like to get started by having you uh, Kind of run down uh, what inspired you to start your uh, to start your business. What um, events in your life gave you the motivation to do what you're doing currently? Okay, so it's quite a long story, but uh, sh the short story version is that um, I've always had a passion for art and design. I didn't know it at the time, but growing up, I've always been interested in creative subjects and. Uh, it was only throughout, um, I guess it was in year 10, so I was two, two years out of graduating from high school. Uh, my careers advisor told me about graphic design as a career, and that really opened my eyes to the world of this career. And I focused on um, design, and I went to university to study design. And at this time, I 
um, started blogging. This is when blogging was very, it was in the early stages. And I started just documenting my studies at, at school and or at university. And this also opened up a door to the world of blogging and uh, content marketing and building a business online, which I had no idea about. So that's really how I got into all of this. And from that, I built built up my business um, from that blog. And it's still there today. And it's really the backbone of my business. And it's how I have been able to travel the world and work um, remotely uh, running this business. So there's a couple of facets to it. There's the, the design side of things, the, there's the blog side of, side of things, uh, affiliate marketing, email marketing, um, and then services for other designers as well, uh, business owners as well. So that's really what inspired me to get started and I'm still doing that today. I work from home. Um, I put up my travels on hold for the past uh, three uh, past nine months um, because we've just had our first newborn son. Um, so we've put the travels on hold and I still run the business from home, but we're doing trips here and there. So that's kind of where I'm at. Well, congratulations on the birth of your son. Thank you. And so that's, so basically, are you feeling a little anxious uh, now that you're grounded uh, by having a, a, a child to take care of uh, after having traveled all over the world? Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely pros and cons of being um, having a base. Uh, you have better community and you have a sense of place versus traveling on the road all the time. It, I've always I've always going to have that travel bug, and um, I'm always planning trips. Then it's not consecutively like before, but it was. It's two two week three two to three week trips here and there. So uh, we're not totally grounded just yet. Once uh, he's once he gets in school, I think that will happen. Um, so we're trying to get all the travel out of the way now. So when you're traveling, are you uh, traveling, um, you know, the uh, kind of affordable way or do you actually stay at pretty nice places or do you actually call upon people that maybe are, you know, some people that you're affiliated with through your business or your friends or how, how, how are you, you know, because it's expensive to do yeah. all that traveling. Yeah, so it, we've gone through different phases. Uh, right now, well, in the past nine months, uh, we're definitely doing the, the more luxurious side of travel, uh, but that's because we're doing shorter trips, so two, three weeks at a time. So you can afford to do that, come home and um, work, get money, and so forth. So, but before for the three, um, before that, we were traveling consecutively, consecutively for three years. So this was all over the world, all the continents minus Antarctica. So they all have different um, price points as well, and. For example, um, Europe and North America and Australia is going to be much more expensive than Southeast Asia or other places in Asia. So it's kind of it kind of balances out. Uh, we definitely were good doing the more budget side of things when we first started uh, in Europe. We we're in dorm rooms. But I'm just to put it in perspective, I'm 31, so it was probably about it's probably about 25 at the time doing this. Or um, so we we're staying in dorm rooms in. Um, like hostels and things like that for a long time, so especially in the expensive places. But then in Europe, um, in Asia, you could stay in much more affordable um, places um, or better places and you have your own private room for about the same cost. So it really depends on where you're at. And I think that's the biggest misconception about um, digital nomads and how they live their life on the road is that it is actually affordable if you go to the right places. You're not going to start off in... The major cities it's it's really a dumb move to do that so you start off somewhere you can afford such as um, southeast asia I, I often say thailand to people that want to get stuck because there's great base 
to travel around Asia and have it be very affordable. So, um, and you don't have to travel a ton. You can just base yourself in one place and then do trips here and there, but have lower overheads. So for example, Bangkok and then travel to Vietnam or whatever it is. So, yeah. So do you end up intermingling and you don't really come as a tourist then? It sounds like you're trying to get inside the culture or get to know, you know, what's really going on rather than the tourist outside view. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, we actually run a travel blog as well, my wife and I. So we share our insights and tips for traveling to these places. And um, a lot of it at the beginning was budget travel. So it would be advice on uh, the best places to stay budget wise and how to get the most out of the city in terms of um, food and um, restaurants and culture. So it's definitely, I think at the start of the trip, we definitely did things a bit too quickly, but that's because we were um, in expensive places. So we didn't stay as long as we would have liked in all of the places, but that's just the um, nature of travel. Like now we're doing uh, longer trips um, so we can get to know a, um, the places a bit better. And now that we've traveled to a lot of places, we know what we like and where we'd like to go back to and stay longer. For, for example, next year, um, we're up, uprooting in Sydney and we're going to go live in South Africa for uh, in Cape Town for two months. And uh, yeah, we're packing up everything here, all our um, furniture and everything, putting in storage and just leaving. So we won't have a home base to come back to. And then we can go from somewhere from after South Africa, depending on how Hugo, our son, goes with all of the travel. So it's definitely a, um, a stepping stone and we'll see where it leads. Well, uh, Hugo might actually um, enjoy being in that environment because there's lots of things to see, animals and um, different, you know, um, cultural, tribal dances and all kinds of... <laughs> all kinds Absolutely. Of That's so what we love about Africa, actually. It's, it's the, the people, the soul of the place, the, the animals and the wildlife, the landscape. It really does have everything, the beaches and... Uh, the water's a bit cold, but other than that, everything's uh, pretty pristine. It's pretty similar to um, parts of Australia as well, actually. So uh, have you then um, decided to, how do you do that? Do you rent a, um, like, a, is it an Airbnb or how do you find a place to stay? You know? Correct, yeah. Yeah, Airbnb. And South Africa is quite affordable. Uh, you can get a lot for your money there. Uh, which is which is great. You can stay there for a longer amount of time. Do you have any confusion, um, for instance, with language difficulties or um, currency or anything like that? Is that, you know, because everything's a little different. Every time you go to a different place, you'll have to kind of learn, you know, the yeah, language. There's, there's definitely been difficulties in, uh, in certain places. Um, Central and South America, definitely, because of the language barrier. We don't speak Spanish and it was a little bit harder and our, our cards got skimmed all the time and we we're constantly having to get our cards resent out to us from the bank. So there's some money issues here and there, but there's nothing nothing that would really hinder anything. You can get there eventually. <laughs> we often used um, like hand signals and um, like if we're, if we're at a restaurant, for example, we could say like oink like a pig or <laughs> if we've had some, <laughs> but see what's on the menu. So we've definitely used some very innovative techniques to <laughs> to find out some different things on menus and to get places. So you just make do, um, have a laugh and yeah, you get by. So, yeah. And I'm sure 
at a lot of these uh, countries that they love having someone like yourself who's more worldly come in and, and um, you know, and be part of, you know, be part of their town and culture and all that. It's probably a novelty and, and they, they, they probably welcome you. So they want to make, they want to make you happy. They probably make the extra effort to make you happy. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there's no other place that that was more true than in the States. So I lived in New York for five years. And as soon as the, the Yanks hear the Aussie accent, they, they just froth on it. So they really want to have a, ch- a chat. Yeah, I love it in your um, TEDx ch- talk that you uh, mentioned. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. you, you don't get around on kangaroo uh, <laughs> as the <laughs> mishaps. <laughs> no kangaroos. No kangaroos. Um, so as far as influencing your business, just um, kind of, you know, what are some of the impacts of being uh, a roaming kind of uh, graphic designer? What has that had uh, on your, your inspiration, creativity, as well as um, developing your business? It's, yeah, it... it it's it's not an effect that you can see visually, but I think it affects the person um, on a deeper level. When you travel to different countries, you get a greater understanding of uh, people, culture, how things work, and you have a, a greater appreciation of things and life in general. Um, it's just life experience, really, and everything you learn on the road can be applied to business, um, personal life, work life. Uh, it's very all-rounded um, experience. So I think that's really what helps when you when you travel is, is getting that life experience. So it's more your inner game, your inner game and your way of thinking about the world has developed, so to speak, because you start out at the age of, I mean, you were 25 years old. You were really young and impressionable. And um, I assume that you hadn't traveled as much until that time period. So just absorbing and being present uh, in all those different cultures probably impacted your own, like you said, your own personal um, uh, view of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it did test your, your, your comfort levels at times. And that's really what makes you as a person is pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and um, just getting out there, to be honest. So when you uh, were working with such companies as Disney and Nintendo, et cetera, um, were you also, you were on the road, I take it, when you were getting those projects? So I just want to clarify that I was working in New York for five years at an agency, and that's okay. when I was getting access to these um, big brands. So I've run my design business called Just Creative um, and the blog and all of that, and I've been doing that for 15 years. And during that time, I was also working at an agency for five years, and that's where I got uh, access to those big brands and the big budgets and things like that. Um, because those those brands they need teams to work with and creative directors and developers and all of that so that's really where i came into the the picture and um yeah does that answer the question i know you said that you had problems you know you were on a on a visa originally and then you had to go to canada (laughs) and then and then you couldn't even get back in again and you had to go back to australia and you finally got back into the use this the states uh so um when you came back in again uh 
then that's when you joined um, the agency for five years, I assume, or they rehired you or you, or you found another position. And at that point, um, so did you feel like um, you were, I guess you felt like you were ready to go off, off on your own? I mean, what, what gave you the um, impetus to say, well, now I'm ready to do something different? <laughs> Well, it actually came back to how I got to New York in the first place. So I was running my design blog, as I mentioned earlier, while I was a design student, and that caught the attention of a digital design agency in New York City. And they offered me a job through Twitter, uh, of all places, to work for them in New York. But I still had six months left to graduate. So they let me finish my six months, and at the end of that, I came to New York. So... I worked for them for six months and that's when all the visa issues came into play and then went home back to Australia, got a different visa and came back to New York and worked for the agency for four or five years. So, yeah, that's how it happened. And then after you were working for the agency, I mean, they sure, you know, they probably they probably wanted to keep you on or give you raises, but you just, did you say to yourself, like, um, this, you know, I could be much more creative. I could do much more with my life. Um, well, I, lo I, I love the position that I had in, in New York. And that was, that's why I stayed there for so long in terms of, well, so long in terms of uh, years in an agency. Um, four years is quite a while. Most people move around quite often. But the, the reason I left was because I had to renew my visa for go home to Australia and go back for another two years. So you have to renew your visa. And oh. I decided that I wanted to go, want to travel and try the freelance thing because I'd been running my freelance business or um, on the side while I was doing um, the full-time position. So I had, had got it being, had it being built up all of those years and I got to a position where I could go out on my own and travel. And the first year was definitely a test and it actually was much easier than I thought in terms of, um, working on the road because internet's everywhere and I actually had more time to work on the business now that I had no full-time position. I, I could work more on finding clients. I could work more on promoting myself and I just had more time to do better work. So these all things uh, together really um, helped boost the business and that's why we extended the travel for another two years after that. So basically you never looked back. After exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he said, this is it. This is my lifestyle. So Yeah, and it's it's so much more affordable than people think, it's, especially compared to the big cities like New York. It's it's just ludicrous how much rent is there and the, the, the expense of living. So when you're on the road, you, you have much less, like your accommodation. You can choose where to, to live uh, on the fly and choose where to eat and all of that. So it's much more affordable. So basically, um, yeah, you have to try. I mean, you basically have to have a, a light footprint so to speak so that you can you know leave like uh, you know if you had some things you need to leave behind you could just put them in storage and just take off yeah so in new york we actually sold everything or donated everything uh way too many too much way too much clothes we donated um so much stuff we don't need but yeah we didn't we only had a backpack at the end of it we sent one box home to australia put that in storage and the rest we just got rid of so uh, we had the backpack on our back, and that was it. That's all we needed. Right, that's all you need if you're going to be on the road. Yeah. So what can you tell our listeners about starting your own business? Would you advise them then to 
work for a firm uh, like you did for a little while and kind of, you know, do uh, do the business on the side? Or, should you know, would it be better if they went ahead and started jumping right into business? I mean, what's, what's the best route for uh, someone who wants to do that, you know, be able to travel and have a um, the freedom uh, and have their own business? What would you suggest? Yeah. So there's different, it's going to be different answers for different people because it depends on where they're at in their career and what they're doing as well. So I'm coming from the um, a background of a designer and I'd highly recommend working, if you're fresh out of school, I highly recommend working for an agency first because you can get experience and you learn from other people around you that you simply can't do yourself. And uh, there's, you, you do, at that stage of your career, you have to learn from others and that's how you improve and excel and you, you learn the ins and outs. So I did that for five years, got the understanding and really um, built that into my business as well. So from that perspective, yeah, get experience and go out and do it yourself. And you can do these at the same time. So you don't have to do them one at a time. Um, from For other people in different industries, there's so many different ways you can start and have, have that freedom. There's so many different types of jobs out there that allow you to have that freedom. And a quick Google search will... Uh, find that and you need to find what suits for your what suits you and your personality and what you want to achieve um, and start start doing it really and nowadays all you have to have is it really an email address to get things going i mean you don't have to have a physical address um like yeah, yeah. Days. <laughs> well it's yeah I, I wouldn't say it's that simple but it's it's you're definitely going to need um well it depends where you're coming from you need to have a, re- a business registered. You need to get a, uh, um, your tax set up and your business name and all of that and get your website. You need to start building a personal brand. You need to start promoting yourself. You have to be active on online, um, sharing your um, your work and what you do and really building um, your, the brand around you because that's how you become seen as a, an influencer or an expert is, is by crafting it yourself. So no one else is going to do that for you. And by putting out your expertise and the, what value you can offer others, you get this seen as an expert in others' eyes. And so um, it's really about positioning yourself as an expert and being seen as that. So that's the advice I would give. So you mentioned um, you know, personal branding, and that's been a big, big topic over the last, I would say, over the last five, five years or so that I've been hearing, uh, get yourself personally branded. And... I've worked on that myself, but what, what makes your personal brand better than the, than the rest of them? Because if everybody has a personal brand, uh, but what, what would make me or, or somebody else stand out? What can we do to, um, to up-level ourselves among the, all the noise out there? So, yeah, that's what, that's what branding is about, is that standing out in the marketplace and seeing, like, really owning – and explaining what you offer that other people don't. So you need to figure that out and then craft your strategy around that. So to put that in perspective, I am a designer that specializes in branding and logos. So a lot of my content that I put out on my blog and social media is focused around this idea of being of logo design and I provide resources all about this. So by doing this, it established me establishes me as a expert in that realm and that is kind of what my personal brand is all about. So if you work in web development or um, whatever it may be, you'd craft it around that particular topic. 
So that's that's really what personal branding comes down to. Um, it's it's about what you offer, to, what value you're offering others. So the advice that I've been hearing and reading about has been to pick a niche and then kind of leverage yourself within that niche. Is that something that you agree with? Yeah, definitely. That's that's what I was referring to about specializing. So for me, it's logo design and branding, and that's really what I'm focused on. So um, if you, it doesn't have to be super granular, but you do have to have some specialization. And okay, so you use blogging and and emails to brand yourself. How? What sort of things did you do? Can you give us some ideas of how we can better be better bloggers or or be better at sending out emails so people open up our emails? Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're big subjects. And like I said, I've been doing blogging and email marketing for 15 years now. So I've got a, a good idea on it. And it's, it's, it's nothing dramatic. It's, it's about getting your, your content and uh, work out there. So whether it be blogging or active on social media, you have to be everywhere on every platform and own your own platform as well. So that's your own website because you you own that and you always have control over that. So Instagram or Facebook may not be around in five years. This is just a hypothetical, um, but your website will be. So you want to have that um, platform to, to really own. And that's what it comes down to. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I'm here with Jacob Cass from Sydney, Australia, from Just Creative Design. And we are going to be right back in a moment. Uh, so please stay tuned uh, and we'll have a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. Thank you. I am Eileen Mendel, founder and CEO of The Balanced Millionaire. Who are we and what is our mission? We are a strategic business advisory firm dedicated to advancing leadership and business growth Listen to what our clients have to say about us. I was blessed to meet Aileen. She has done numerous things for my business, from giving me professional advice to introducing me to new connections and going as far as finding me new team members. I cannot say enough about her and her business for the help they have given to my company. I've been working with the Balanced Millionaires team They've helped me in setting up a concrete plan to get my business to the next level. Eileen is a cheering, inspiring and benevolent advisor. Knowing that she's gone through the same challenges gives me the confidence that I'm on the right track. If you are a growing seven or eight figure business that is ready to reach new heights, contact us at info at thebalancemillionaire.com. That's info at thebalancemillionaire.com. My business has lost its upward momentum. I'm working up to 14 hours a day, but my sales seem to have plateaued. I'm so overwhelmed. I used to have that same problem, but ever since I found the Balanced Millionaire Consulting Firm, our sales and profits have risen sharply. Even our staff is more engaged, and the atmosphere is full of energy. I have no time to work on my business to develop new sales and marketing strategies. I would love to expand, have strategic partnerships, and access to financing. 
You can do all of that and more. The Balanced Millionaire Consulting Team advises you on streamlining your operations, establishing alliances, and most importantly, increasing your revenues and profits. Let us help you build value and reduce stress in your business. Take charge. Don't let your business control your life. Visit TheBalancedMillionaire.com or call 442-224-0160 for a free consultation. That's 442-224-0160 or TheBalancedMillionaire.com. We're back from our break, everyone. We have Jacob Cast from Just Creative Design with us. And it's been very interesting because he's telling us how he was a digital nomad. He built his business. He was employed with a, an agency for five years, but never looked back. And now he's age 30, 31, still pretty young, and has a long future ahead of him and has become one of the world's top graphic designers. So welcome back, Jacob. And Thank you. You're welcome. And um, I want to hear a little bit about social media. You touched on be on every platform as well as your own. Can you tell us a little bit more? Because it's expensive, first of all, to put out ads, you know, and Google and Facebook and all the ads, you know, and um, even keeping track and everything. So how do we, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's a lot of things that we need to, um, to juggle. So what do you suggest? Yeah. Yeah. You have no, um, you have it right there. It's the, a lot to juggle and yeah, it's, it's about, I, I know I said it, you have to be on every platform, but it's about doing what's right for your business and what you're trying to achieve. Um, personally, I'm just on, on the big ones, um, Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. They're the ones I focus on. Um, I have had, uh, some of them are stronger than others. Like for example, I hate, I would hate putting numbers to all of these, but for example, Facebook is around 97,000, Twitter is 81,000, but my Instagram is only about 5,000. So there's definitely, um, things I need to work on and different platforms I need to work on as well. So in terms of doing what's right for your business, I, I have to put it in perspective of me as a, a designer, a, a freelancer that runs a business. And, um, I, I often put out resources on all the platforms and, um, my own website. And the, the reason I do this is for maximum exposure. And I, I don't actually pay for ads, as you mentioned, it's just about being providing value on these platforms. So, um, just sharing resources on Twitter or Facebook, um, or LinkedIn, just status updates with things that I found valuable, uh, whether it be my articles or elsewhere on the web, just providing that value is important because it, even if it's only, let's say, a couple of times a week, you're constantly being put in front of potential customers and just being at top of mind for people, and that's important. Uh, I know it can be overwhelming, and you, can, you can't always see the return on investment, but this is social media is a long-term game, and you really want to uh, establish that or build those relationships with people, and th those social platforms are the way to do that. I personally use a tool called Buffer, which is uh, a tool that automate it um, uh, brings all your social platforms into one place and you can manage them all there see analytics and you can post in all on all places with one button versus going to every single platform very handy very time saving so that's one tip that i could offer um, but yeah just focus on one or two platforms that really make sense for you and where your customers are uh, and go go for it um, ironically instagram is where is all as a visual um 
medium and I'm a designer, yet I'm still struggling a little bit on Instagram. So um, we're all human. We're all trying to figure things out. But it's just about um, trying to establish those connections and building those connections up as well. So get your content out there and, and just give it a go. What is your recommendation? For instance, um, you said you put out articles. How often do you, you know, because it's a lot of effort too to write fresh material. Do you actually write the material yourself or do you hire somebody else to pick a topic and hire somebody else to write it and you edit it? Or how does it work? Because it's a lot of work uh, just to devote yourself to getting those articles out. And how many do you get out in a month? Yeah, so... Yeah, blogging is a lot of work and it is a longer term game and um, that's that's really what um, should be taken taken note of here is is you're not going to see results in the first six months with blogging or uh, social media it's a you really have to uh, keep at it consistently and in terms of writing content I um, at the beginning I was writing 100% of the content these days it's probably about 50% um, people want to contribute articles my, to my site because it's, it's seen as an authority site to Google. So they want to link back. So they want to contribute articles, uh, which is a win-win for everyone. I get content, they get a link and uh, I get traffic to my site because of it. So, but the, re- the reason you're putting out content is to really create value and get some traffic to your site. And um, for example, uh, I, I put out articles of like top gear for designers or top resources for designers or how to choose a logo designer or things like that, that really people type into Google and they'll find it. So how to choose a logo designer and my article will pop up on, on that topic. So I get seen in front of that um, person. And yeah, that's really what it's all about. It's trying to think of content ideas and um, articles that you can put out there that people are searching for that relate to the industry that you're in. And if you're a services driven company, then um, focus it around that. Or if you just uh, offering products, focus it on that. So there's different ways about it, depending on what you're doing. Um, so, yeah. Many small businesses, especially with the millennial generation, which you are a part of, start out as a service business. And later on, they'll develop certain products that they can then, you know, kind of, you know, the product could then be sent out you know, over and over again and used by many people so they could license it out or, or sell it. But what would you advise um, these people? Okay, if you're starting out with a service, what are some of the first things that you need to do to, um, you know, to brand yourself, to get yourself um, noticed? What, uh, how do you get their attention? You know, because when you said you, you're blogging and it takes time, what makes what's going to uh, get the attention of and attract the people that you want to uh, have as customers? Yeah, so so that's that's branding in a in a nutshell is how to do that. I actually have a, a great free ebook on my site that answers exactly that. It's it, it talks about the benefits of branding and how you can go about creating your own personal brand. So um, check that out definitely. Uh, in terms of standing out, yeah, branding. It's um, how you talk about yourself online and how you want to be perceived online. So everything from your profile image to your bio, to your website, to the fonts you use, the colors you use, um, how you talk to, how you talk online, are you professional, are you funny? Um, these all contribute to your brand and each of these elements, um, whether you like it or not, are, are contributing to your brand. So if you're saying nothing, that's, that's, 
saying something about your brand, even if you're not saying anything. So I think it was um, the owners of, the owner of um, Amazon, Jeff Bezos. He said, uh, branding is what people say when you're out of the room. Your, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So think about it like that in, in terms of uh, crafting how you want to be perceived. Yeah, I'm smiling because, you know, um, for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially those starting out, they're always trying to, you know, join, you know, follow the crowd or whatever and do what their comp- competition is doing and keep keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. And, you know, when someone um, makes a comment, um, you know, basically they, they you can have in your head this scenario where like I did a great job, but then you can overhear people later on saying, you know, he wasn't so good or he's just a copycat, you know, of somebody else who's famous. So um, like you said, uh, you know, how do you keep your authenticity where you want people to know the real you, you know, because there's the, there's like the keeping up with who I'm supposed to be part of you thinking I've got to be competitive and I've got to be just like so-and-so. But then there's like, who, how do you get to that level where you express your, your real self and feel comfortable with that in your own, you know, in your own authenticity? Yeah. So it's a bit of imposter syndrome. It's pretty common um, occurrence. And it, to be honest, everyone's a copy of someone else. We're all learning from other people. It's just that we've, I, I like to say we're borrowing because we're borrowing knowledge from other everyone else and making it our own. And the more places we borrow this knowledge from, uh, the more unique we become. Because, But if you just get your knowledge from one person, you, you're not going to be unique. So it is about diversifying where you're learning and really crafting um, or molding yourself around this knowledge and then putting it out there for free with your spin on it. And then it becomes your knowledge and you get seen as an expert. So it's more how... How you perceive information that is out there uh, among other experts, let's say, in your field, but you have digested and reprocessed that information to make it your own in your own unique way. Is that pretty much it? Or Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's, it's, um, there's so many quotes I think of when I, I think of this, like... Um, the great artist steal, good artist, artist copy, or, or whatever that one is. It's that's the ex, um, exact uh, thing we're talking about here. And yeah, it's it's about borrowing and and remaking it your own and uh, diversifying. What um, can you give us some examples? What has happened in your own experience that um, allowed you to? Um, bring something more to life that um, the person that you were working for, the company you're working for didn't see, but you were able to see within them. Because like you said, you know, a lot of times it's what the other, it's how you were being perceived, perceived. And a lot of times you can't, you don't know how you are being perceived because there's a self-talk always going on in your head. So how do you, have you, have you had a case or can you get, tell us a case where you saw something, the light at the end of the tunnel, and that changed the whole perspective 
of the way the company was branding and presenting itself to the world. Yeah, this this happens often, actually, because often companies know they need a change or they need a logo or brand or branding done, but they don't fully understand what it is that does or why they're doing it. So often I'll go through uh, a branding workshop or a branding uh, brainstorm session or strategy session, I should say, to really figure out what they're trying to achieve, their goals, uh, what they're doing uh, the business for, what why they're doing it. Um, that's really important and to figure out how they're unique in the, in the marketplace. And that really, getting all that information helps you uh, mold that brand. And there's different ways visually that you can do that with the logo, fonts, colors, hierarchy, photography, textures, all of that, um, that really can form that perception. So all of those things come into play to, to do that. Do you um, actually get the... Uh, the client, your client, to give you some feedback that customers have um, given them or do, do you reach out directly to some of the customers or how do you find out, like, you know, what how to position a company so that they know, like, where they're headed? <laughs> where, yeah, that, that, that I, definitely depends on the, the project and the company. There's There's been certain instances where, yeah, we have done cons- – research into different users and thoughts on um, on the brand in the marketplace or what they're after, things like that. And you can take that information and, um, and, and use it to your advantage. But it's not always the case when that's available. Um, sometimes there's not no budget for that. There's no time for that. Um, so you rely on the information from the business owner or, or the users they already have. So um, yeah, it, it really depends. And would you recommend if, let's say, uh, someone decided, you know, they were going to work with you, that they um, have all their logos and their, like, is it, uh, do do a full package with you? Because you're the designer that has a concept in his in the his head that knows the company really well. Because I know uh, some people go to one designer for a logo, the logo. They'll go to another designer for their website, et cetera, et cetera. What is your recommendation? Um, I know you know you probably love to have a cl- you know a client for life, but what is the recommendation uh, for people that are looking to develop you know a really full, consistent um, you know image out you know out in the marketplace, but they don't have the dollars, let's say, to do it. Um, what is the sequence of things and what kind of package, whatever, would, should they be getting in the beginning and then and then maybe following up with later? Okay. That's a very fully loaded question. And I think I'll, yes. I'll start from the, the beginning. In, in terms of if you're starting out, you, you, you don't have anything. You may not even have a name yet. So I definitely recommend working with uh, a designer to, to craft um, a strategy, a brand strategy based around what you're t- trying to achieve. And that can be everything based on the name, the tagline, the logo, stationery, uh, flyers, and all of that, which will come from that foundation. So the foundation will definitely be based on strategy. So who your target audience is, um, the the demographics, and your positioning in the market, how you're um, differentiating yourself from competitors. And then this would give um, advice to, or it'll tell you how to really craft the, the identity of, 
the brand, so the logo and the, the fonts and the colors will definitely be reflective of that strategy. In terms of where to start, I, I wouldn't just rec- I wouldn't recommend just getting a logo in isolation. You need to really think about the brand um, and the business holistically. So the the strategy, the name, the logo, and the overall feel of the brand um, should all be done together. And then that will allow the foundation to be formed and that can then lead into things like your website and other marketing material down the track. It's true that um, not all designers specialize in web design and you may not be able to have someone that specializes in logo design and web design. Um, That's just the nature of the beast. I I personally do both. I I worked at an agency doing web design as as well. Um, Now I specialize in logo design and branding. So kind of run the gamut for me personally, but I don't do programming. So if there's programming needed, I'll definitely work with a professional in that realm um, to get it done. So it it really uh, depends on where the skills lie in that particular individual. But if you're a business owner or um, someone that wants to get their startup off the ground, then that's what I'd recommend. So, um, can you give us an example of one of the most rewarding or the most fun projects that you've ever worked on? Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you two because one is for a small business and one is for um, a big business. Uh, I'll start with the big business first. And that's that was a project I worked on in at the agency. It was for Jerry Seinfeld, uh, the comedian, and he was bringing out a new web series called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. So it was a... At the time, it was a web-based um, TV series, and it got picked up by Netflix or bought by Netflix, I think, last year. So now it's all on Netflix. And I, I was the at the agency, and I did the – in conjunction with a, a team, uh, a creative director and the developers and all of that, I was involved in creating the art direction, the logo design, um, the website design, and advertising for the show. And the, the logo is still being on, used on the show now. So that was a really cool project, uh, working with Jerry um, and the team. That was a very rewarding one. And my work got shown at the Super Bowl, and uh, that was really cool. In terms of uh, a small business, I, I love I love working with small businesses because often they're the ones that need the most help. And crafting something from nothing and seeing it thrive over the years is really um, empowering, and it's, it's really humbling to see that um, in the in the wild, so I've worked with hundreds of businesses, and still to these day they're they're going strong. So that's that's really the the most rewarding part of the job. And I don't want to say any one business because all of them are important to me, and I, that's really why I love doing this job. Is that you work with so many different companies in different industries, um, and it's always a different challenge each time. So um, that would be that's yeah that's probably what the most important thing is to me. Now, a lot of small companies uh, are very price sensitive. Should they be price sensitive when it comes to do their logo and their design? Because that's something that is their front end of their company. And what's the, you know, I mean, it's going to keep them more memorable, right? But uh, what would you suggest to people who are on a budget and there's, you know, they're considering the price over... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a common common question. And I don't like the word price. I I like the word value because it's your identity 
it's the, the value is going to be different for everyone. So if you're a mom and pop shop with a small cafe um, and you just have a cafe on the corner store and um, you have a lot of foot traffic, the identity isn't going to be as important uh, as another company that is 100% online. And that's all that there is going to, people are going to see. So whether it's, in, whether it's um, if it's a small cafe, people judge it by the interior, the overall look and feel, how many people are in the store. So the value for them for a logo and a, a full brand package, a brand strategy package is not as important as it is for an online business or startup where who is relying on users and traffic and uh, a whole uh, plethora of marketing initiatives and um, everything that's going to drive um, users to their site. So the value is not there. Um, the value is there for them, sorry. And yeah, if, for someone that's going to be starting out, you have to figure out like, how much am I going to invest uh, into this business? I want it to be profitable. Like why are you getting into this and look at it that way? How, how uh, expensive is bad design going to be to you? So how many, if you get a badly designed, well, if you get a bad logo identity how many lost sales are you going to have over the years if you just got it done right from the beginning uh it's you're going to have better chances of succeeding in the short term and long term especially the long term so that's a different way of looking at it um is asking the value uh what you can what you can afford and how much is it going to return uh over the years now, a lot of people have built their business on their personal brand. I'm just thinking about someone like Elon Musk. Can you critique what he's done wrong or what he's done right? <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think that's a, it's a big name to, it's probably a little bit out of the reaches for people uh, listening here is it's a little bit different. Um, obviously he's a, he's a big name in innovation and that's really what he's crafted his uh, image around is innovation and, um, I think that works for him, but I, I don't know how that would relate to people just wanting to start a business here um, other than what we've talked about already. So they shouldn't, people shouldn't look to, you know, the other, those kind of people that have already succeeded, you know, more or less uh, you should look at people who are moving up the chain and using that information, the, the, observing what they're doing uh, to build their brand because it's, it all is a learning experience. And like you said, it's a, a trial and error. I mean, you're, I'm surprised that you didn't get as many followers on Instagram as you have on you know, Facebook or Twitter because Instagram being a visual that you know would be something one would assume, but you can't make any assumptions in the world today. You just have to keep moving forward and doing a lot of testing, I would say, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know the reason why um, Instagram was, is pretty slow because I started out as very a personal account. Um, I just shared travel photos in my personal life and it's only been the past six months that I've really focused on um, a, a different strategy in terms of helping other designers and sharing more of my work, something I was lazy on. So I know why, but it's it's about doing it. I know that there's a lot of things people have to do or business owners have to do. We have a lot of hats to wear. And another thing about looking up to other people in the space is everyone got to where they are in different ways and what works for them isn't necessarily going to work for you. So you have to take that uh, into consideration and, yeah, trial different things out and 
um, actually do have a strategy behind what you're trying as well. Um, don't just do it. Like, know why you're doing it. That's the biggest thing. Can you give us some other tips on making a name for yourself in social media? Uh, you know, would you, I guess everybody should have the fan page. How many fan pages should, should one have? Uh, should you have one for your product? Should you have one for the company itself? Yeah, it's again a bit granular because that depends on on every company. And uh, personally, I have my my Facebook fan page and for my website. Then I have a private closed group for uh, for the community side of things, and then I have a subgroup within that for logos. So it depends on the business um, and the product and how much time you can devote to them all. Um, yeah, but generally, if you if you're setting up different businesses under different names. Um, and establishing them in different directions and you probably want to have one for each just so if you ever laid it down the track sell that or you want to have that asset combined with it and not have to um, remove yourself from it so, so you can remove yourself from it sorry now you said that um, as far as doing the writing you were able to um, get you know some content contributors uh, at what point how many followers or what point do people start contributing articles so you don't have to do all the writing yourself uh well i i, I didn't mention that i also pay art, uh, writers every now and then um especially people that are more experienced in different areas so um tech writers for example who know a little bit more about different products um i i pay them or ask for guests i ask other people to guest author but generally, it's when your website has a lot of authority, which means a lot of uh, authority in, in the eyes of Google and search engines. So when your site has a lot of links linking back to you, your your website, sorry, uh, you'll get seen as more authoritative. And that's when people start contacting you to contribute articles. And so how far out in from the beginning of, getting your website up, et cetera, should one expect that they'll be getting, like you said, uh, the traffic where they're, they're looked at as an authority? Well, that depends on how much content you're putting out and how much you're networking and how much traffic you get in. Um, content is king. So if you have great content, you'll most likely get traffic and um, it'll be a, it's a slow burn, that's for sure. Um, and it was very different to when I started 10 years ago to what it is now. Uh, people will just want links and links. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's earlier than you expect, but I wouldn't say any earlier than six months. Well, that's good to know. I mean, six months is, doesn't seem like that's so bad to start getting your your name out there. So we're, we're concluding um, our show here. So, Jacob, uh, if people want to go ahead and contact you and do some business with you, what's the best way to do that? So all of my contacts, so my email and social profiles is on my website, which is justcreative.com. So I also have a travel blog, which is justglobetrotting.com. And yeah, they're, they're the two different sites you can find me on. Um, all my handles are generally at justcreative. So instagram.com slash justcreative or Facebook slash just creative and so forth so um but yeah just go to their website that's the best way you'll find all the links there my about page and um 
tons and tons of articles on branding, logos, business, uh, things to get you started as well. So there's probably 800 plus articles on there. And also you have your TEDx talk on your, on your homepage and um, there's just a lot of information that you've provided. So anybody who's listening, please go ahead and visit the site, justcreative.com, because there's just a bundle of information that a lot of people can learn from and use that before they make decisions to go forward on their branding or continue to spend money on branding. You want to, you want to be more knowledgeable and uh, you're getting it right from the expert. So I really appreciate your being on my show, Jacob, because I'm just taking notes here because there's uh, some good tips that you've given to everybody. Is there anything uh, that you would like to conclude with as far as a, a final statement to our audience? Uh, just do it. <laughs> I think that's trademark, but uh, my brand's just creative, so but I like how it ties in. <laughs> okay, well, it's been a pleasure to have you, and I enjoyed the all the information that you shared with us. I'd like to remind everybody to stay tuned. We're on uh, we're on the air every other week on bbsradio.com. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on iTunes and iHeartRadio. But um, we would love to have you uh, send us some comments and you know any kind of suggestions on future shows at Eileen. You can just email me at Eileen at thebalancedmillionaire.com. Thank you all for joining us. And we'll look forward to having you join us again in our next show. Thank you for tuning into The Balanced Millionaire with your host, Eileen Mendel, CEO of InnerEdge International, business consultant, multimedia marketing expert, renowned speaker and author. Connect with Eileen Mendel, The Balanced Millionaire. Increase your confidence, creativity, balance, awareness, direction, motivation, and catapult your business to the next level and beyond.